Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's Spirit of St. Louis in front. Honolulu Bay's about to get the run from Old Town Road. It's Spirit of St. Louis. Mac Dan getting through Honolulu Bay. I cast no shadows out wider. Honolulu Bay hit the lead. Honolulu Bay drew clear. David Moran and Honolulu Bay. Honolulu Bay wins it. Great go for the Miners. I the, cast uh, no uh, the great hunter cuts it obviously for quite Mac some Dan time and had, it ev- had everything basically. Um, there was speed up front in the early part, and then it was a terrific finish and had plenty of drama as well um, in the middle stages of that race. We copied that, unfortunately, choking down and then having a slight bleed, so he was pulled out of the race um, by Blair Orange, but Honolulu Bay, um, what a season he has had and what a drive it was from Dave Moran. And to break down Hunter Cup night, let's welcome in our team. Darren Carroll, hello to you, mate. It was a terrific race. It was the race we needed to have. Like I was on here last week talking yeah. about um, so many races we've had of this class in the recent years that just haven't been um, good spectacles. But I think this was the race the sport needed and it lived up to everything. It was a super race. And I don't know anyone um, who didn't enjoy that spectacle on Saturday night. And this man is building up um, quite the record when it comes to performing well in the big races. And it was another peach there from David Moran in a group one. And he joins us now, Dave, congratulations. Um, talk us through the race. Was it fun driving in it? Because it had plenty, there was plenty happening basically since, or basically since the green light went on. Yeah. Good morning guys. Thanks for having me on. For starters, um, yeah, no, it was, it was a great race. It's, um, it's a race that you watch over the years that um, never seems to disappoint. And, um, and Saturday night showed that. Were you surprised with the pace um, up front in the early part and then in the middle stages? And um, you must have been pretty happy with the outcome in the middle part of the, the contest. Yeah, I guess it's one of them races that, you, you know, you do generally go in, into the race, um, you know, hoping that there's a bit of speed early just to create that that fast lead time and then your mid-race pressure. Um, Saturday night was an interesting run with uh, you know, with all the talk that um, the Spirit of St. Louis was going to hold up and uh, you no know, copy that was going to press the issue. And I cast no shadow on them sort of horses. Uh, you know, everyone everyone had a different opinion. Uh, I guess when the green light come on, Mac Dan come off the gate, that sort of probably threw a bit of a spanner in the works and, and really opened the race right up. And, and then we obviously had the mid-race pressure from a couple of the Kiwis and, and Rock and Roll do, which just made it a really genuine, true stain test. And Darren, I'll go to you here. With those lead times, um, it was five seconds quicker than it was when King of Swing won the race last year. I thought after I saw that lead time of, what, 60 seconds, that these horses on pace might be in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, I did some work on the lead times, Gareth. It's really interesting. Like, uh, it was an 80.3 lead time, which compared to, if you just look at the Inner Dominion as an example, which is our most recent example, the lead time was 87.6. So 7.4 seconds difference. And um, lead time's probably not always that easy to understand, especially um, over this distance. But um, because it's 11,000, sorry, 1,150 metres to the mile mark, that equates to 152.3 
Um, if you equate that to a mile rate, that they've gone the lead time in it. So that is super quick. And yeah. When they went past me, um, the winning post for the first time, Spirit of St. Louis still hadn't settled because he'd been stirred up at the start. And then when copy that come, I just turned to the person next to me who was the stalwart of the sport and we just both said, well, these leaders can't win. Yeah. So they went five seconds quicker than they did last year and seven seven seconds quicker than they did um, in the Inter-Dominion. Now, that is some yeah. stat. And the um, the quickest before that was Tiger Tara back in 81.2 and he was just a super roller, but nothing's even come close no. to that. Like, that lead time, I know it's, it's, it's even close comparable to the Mercury 80 that they ran earlier than the yeah. night. It's only 1.5 seconds difference to that. How oh, big spirit has St. Louis gone then? Unbelievable. Oh, he's gone, but so has Mac Dean and so is yeah. Lacasse in the shadow. They were some amazing runs in the race. And, um, yeah. But, yeah. And, and what that does, Dave, when you have a quick lead time, it then invites drivers to have a crack mid-race yeah. because they've done no work and they can think, well, these horses might be vulnerable up front and gives me a chance to get into the race because they need to back off at some stage. Yeah, 100%, Gareth. No, uh, it, it's amazing. Um, you know, people that don't understand lead times, it, it plays a massive role in, uh, you know, not just 2600 metre races, but any race. Uh, you create a really, really fast lead time. Them horses are up front doing a lot of work. Uh, yeah, over 2600 can certainly bring them undone pretty quick. And Honolulu Bay, you must be proud of him because he has come a long way this season. I didn't think he could even offer brutal tempo like it was there on Saturday. Um, I thought in previous seasons he would be vulnerable to stay out the trip. Um, it doesn't matter how that race was run, but he's proven that he's got staying qualities written all over him now. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I think you see it with every horse. Um, just takes a little bit of time and, and it takes, you know, a bit of racing in that sort of grade and, you know, just really adapting to that, that level. Um, you know, he's obviously been an extremely high quality horse for for a while now, but um, just that 2,600 metre trip, it's really just taking a little bit of time to adapt to it, and obviously even today with Emily Clayton's uh, training regime, um, you know, that's probably played a massive massive role in, in his success. And before we let you go, you must have been proud to see Lock and Varart strike first up in America there over the weekend. Your thoughts about that? Yeah, no, it was great. No, it was, uh, no, it was very good. He'll... Uh, He'll obviously benefit from the run um, as he generally does, but no, he looked uh, he looked really good, and that was good to see him win first up. Now, I want to get your advice on this as well. I interviewed Clayton Tonkin after the race, and without hesitation, he said that Captain Ravishing would defeat Honolulu Bay in a Miracle Mile. But you've had experience with a four-year-old going to the Chariots and then to the Miracle Mile, um, and now there's Eureka that comes into play. If you had your time again, would you do what you did with Locke and Varad as a four-year-old and throw him into the deep end as quick as you did? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I think so. He, he was pretty seasoned. Hard. He, you know, he'd had some tough runs and he'd been racing um, you know, some really great horses all the way through his two- and three-year-old years. Um, so with a horse like him, I, 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 would, yeah, I wouldn't hesitate to do it again. I'm sure there's certain horses that you wouldn't. Um, yeah. But yeah, Captain Robertson, I think he's um yeah, I think he's an extremely extremely good horse and uh his speed will you know, his speed will get him into them races and I shouldn't bother him whatsoever, I wouldn't imagine. How good do you think Captain Ravishing is? Yeah, I think he's I think he's very good. I think he he could well be uh one of the best that we may ever see. Um yeah. uh, he, he's ridiculous how quick he is, so um yeah, no, I think he's gonna be a really, really good horse.
Good on you, Dave. Good luck with Honolulu Bay heading towards the Miracle Mile. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me there on. We, there we go. There, there's Dave Moran after winning his first AG Hunter Cup, or his second AG Hunter Cup. Um, he won one with Artie, didn't he, Daz? I think he did. So that was his second Hunter Cup there on Saturday night. We'll take a quick break on the other side of it. We'll come back and have a chat about Captain Ravishing, and we'll get Darren Carroll's opinion on how good this, this exciting four-year-old pacer is. Captain Ravishing's got a big lead. First up from a spell in a 26-1 third quarter. Captain Ravishing into the straight. 25 metres to he's a son of a gun. Invitation only. Celestio Matuka. Haranya's running on. But he's a real star and he's back tonight with a big 2023 in front of him. And Captain Ravishing wins by 20 metres. He's a son so of a gun. That was Captain Ravishing in difficult conditions. Four. Tailwind down the back. He's gone 26-2, home in 28-2, but 150.9 that mile rate. Darren Carroll, I don't want to give away your age, but you've been in this game for probably more than four decades, analysing it anyway. Where do you rate this horse? How good is he? Uh, he's a superstar. Um, I just hope we're not getting ahead of ourselves, but um, at this stage, I mean, he's still got a lot to prove because, you know, prize money-wise, he still hasn't made... Um, $200,000 in prize money yet. So a lot, a lot of good horses have won a lot of prize money, um, you know, and longevity in the sport's the key. But at this stage, um, he's as equal to anything that I've seen. Um, for sheer speed, yeah. I it, can't recall anything like it. Mm. I was having a, a chat to Snowy Clark, who's writing an article on Captain Ravishing yesterday um, yep. for RaceNet, and he was at the trots there on the Saturday night, and he's he was just blown away with what he saw with Captain Ravishing. Yeah. He's got that X factor about him that you can't yeah. really explain. And I was on track there on Saturday night, and they were clapping him down the home straight. So I'm a believer he could transcend the sport, Captain Ravishing. Um, yeah, but as you exactly, pointed, yeah, it's exactly what I thought, Gareth. Um, I am not a regular Gallops uh, attendee. I went and watched Black Caviar towards the end of a career purely because I wanted to go and watch a champion. Mm -hmm. And I recall going to watch Black Caviar and the crowd, like she was home, 300 from home, and the yeah. crowd just clapping her all the way up the straight. The closest thing that I've ever had to that was Saturday night. Yeah. And it was home at the 300, but the whole crowd just applauded all yeah. the way up the straight. And I think that means that we're going to bring people who are, non-trots people to the track, and that's what we need. And, um, yeah, it was just a really, really exciting performance, but it's really good for our sport too. It was a goosebump type of moment in a way to see what yep. Captain Ravishing, because he put good horses away. Like, he's a son of a gun. Is He's a group one quality type of horse. He got smashed by 21 metres, but he was put away down the back within, what, 50 metres? When, when Mark yeah. Pitt gives his horse some rain – he destroys his rivals with that turn of foot. He can yeah. sprint 100 metres so quick. Um, yeah. And the, yeah. the wind was really gusty at that stage too of the night. Like early in the night, it was really strong. Um, so yeah. times-wise, it was a little bit deceptive, you know, him only you know, getting home, when I say only getting to the straight in slower time, but that wind was um, was pushing him back a bit. And it was, it was very easy on him too. Earplugs to win. And we saw Captain Ravishing do the impossible in a way as well, come from a mile back to win the Mercury 80 final. Catch so, a wave, yep. Yeah, catch a wave, sorry. So catch a wave taking on Captain Ravishing, taking on um, Leap to Fame in this new slot race called the Eureka is going to be the race, I think, nearly of the century. Uh, um, he's got everything, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, we're talking about we've got speed, we've got stamina, um, we've got, you know, 
three amazing trainers. Like you just think about, um, they're the Hall of Fame of the, the decades these trainers will be. Yeah. Um, and they've got the three best amazing horses, and this will be the race. So Bet365, the market for, we might just start with the Harm Miracle Mile. Could yep. Captain Ravishing win the Miracle Mile? Because many people think he's invincible, but could he win the Miracle Mile if he draws outside the front row? Um, you know, I, I would say he's probably a better chance of, as long as he doesn't draw somewhere where we have to use him up early. I, I think, um, yeah, he just comes with one run at an angle, then surely he can win from anywhere. Yeah. So he's like the 250 favourite from Bondi Lockdown, BD Joe, Honolulu Bay, Expensive Ego, Spirit of St. Louis, Major Meister, Republican Party, Mac Dan. Um, I think he deserves really to be favourite, but he's short. Yeah. I was really impressed with BD Joe on the weekend. I yeah. haven't seen a lot of him, but gee, he was a really good run at Meningo on Saturday night, so rate him very highly. Republican Party was also impressive at Menangle for Carter and Crandall Getty, so he takes on a Captain Ravishing at 6.50, but that um, carnival in New South Wales is going to be a lot of fun. Sure is. Yeah, yeah. We've uh, got a, a good time ahead of us. Catch a wave. Um, he would have been competitive in a Hunter Cup, what I saw there on the weekend. Um, it's strange, Gareth. As soon as I went across the line, you know, it was such a great race, but I yeah. went, oh, gee, um, there might have been one horse, another horse that could have been able to come off speed like that. And, um, yeah, what what could have been, I would have thought. Yeah. And I would have thought that the, the uh, Andy Gaff camp might have been thinking the same thing as me when they were burning at that quick <laughs> lead time. And it was a big weekend for Captain Treacherous mm. as well with Captain Ravishing and also yeah. Catch a Wave. Good on you, Daz, mate. Um, hopefully we can... Um, just enjoy these really good horses. We're in a wonderful right. spot at the moment in harness racing. Love your work. Appreciate it. Catch up with you tomorrow. See you, go. There is Darren Carroll. It's quickly approaching 10 o'clock and then the means test. Wayne Hawks live from the Randwick trials and Johnny O'Neill's ready to go for the means test as well. We've got a couple of special guests that will join us throughout that hour. Time for the news and we'll be back with the means test here on Giddy Up on this Monday morning.